Welcome to episode three of the DC Wash Up podcast, where today we're going to be talking about our adventures in the Granite State, the Switzerland of America, the place where residents got to have their say in who should be the next nominees for president, otherwise known as New Hampshire. I'm Stephanie March, joined by Roscoe Whalen, producer. Hello. North America correspondent Michael Vincent. Hi, guys. And Bureau Chief Zoe Daniel. Hello. Uh, now, we're going to, apparently we talk too much, so we're going to try and keep to time today. Uh, Michael, have you got a timer going? Ding. Great. Um, so let's start off. Zoe, you went to both the Iowa caucus and the New Hampshire primary, New Hampshire being the second uh, of the, the the nomination primary and caucuses where Donald Trump on the Republican side won, bit of a mess after that, and Bernie Sanders had a substantial victory over Hillary Clinton. You've been to both. What did you think about New Hampshire? Uh, it was really beautiful, for starters. <laughs> it's a very pretty spot. Um it was interesting. I don't think the primary process is as interesting as the caucus process, as, as we talked about last week. That particular process where people caucus in a room together face-to-face is very cute. Uh, that said, um, the debate around the, the candidates and the political process was, again, really interesting. I'm actually finding the whole campaign quite riveting. Uh, and although some of the con- commentary was, well, Donald Trump and Bernie Sanders won, that was predictable, boring, let's move on, I actually saw it as a, a huge game changer in the sense that these are two men who were pretty much dismissed as potential presidents you know, only a few months ago and they both wiped the floor in the first primary in the nation, and I think that's uh, a big conversation turning point, if nothing else. I agree, and the thing I got, the sense I got meeting voters in New Hampshire is just how seriously they take that what they see as a responsibility to vet the candidates because they are one of the first states. They they really don't decide until they've had a chance to meet them face-to-face, read all their material. We went out door-knocking uh, with some Hillary Clinton supporters and uh, there were so many people who, oh, come in, I, I haven't decided yet, I want to hear what you've got to say. And the lady we were door-knocking with, she said she went to a door the day before and there was a sign that said, I've just had twins, I'm inside with my babies, please don't knock but leave your material in the basket. So, like, that's how dedicated people are and the fact that people invest that much in vetting people and Trump and Sanders ended up winning is very interesting. Because we talk a lot about after Iowa ground game and in particular Mm. the talk of Donald Trump who didn't have a ground game and that's why he fell away in Iowa. You guys went to a Donald Trump event. I'm very interested to see how that played out as a spectacle. But were the supporters there in the crowd, were they just sticky beaking or are they actually fans of Donald that say they're going out to vote? I think that's the question at all Trump events and certainly just as a straw poll, uh, some people are just there for curiosity factor. The particularly one that Steph and I went to was at a big stadium, so it wasn't restricted entry as a lot of them are uh, because they can only fit a certain number of people. Virtually anyone who wanted to come in Mm. could come in. Uh, And some, no doubt, are diehard Trump supporters and some are just there. To see the show. Yeah. There was, I mean, there's a lot of cheering and support, though, a lot of Trump signs. There was a protester that was, interestingly, the warm-up guy said, um, now there may be people here protesting uh, Donald Trump. Please don't be violent towards the protesters. <laughs> um, but security did take one guy out and everyone booed. So he's obviously got, I mean, I think a lot of people there were there in support, but as well there's that sticky beak factor. Interestingly, Donald Trump has m- talked up, much talked up that rally and uh, the numbers there. It's the same venue where the Democrats had an event a few nights earlier and you wouldn't know unless you were paying attention, but they'd actually kind of cut the stadium in half for Trump by putting a big curtain up 
behind him. So it looked like there was more people in there, but it was actually about half as big. Mm. Anyway, that was quite interesting. It was snowing that night too, though, and that may have been a factor in the turnout. Snowing the night of the Democrats I I tried to do a rough count of how many were in there, and it was probably a couple of thousand Mm. people. So compared to some of the big crowds that he's had, it wasn't huge. Um, But the other thing, as you were saying, Steph, is that so many people were undecided in New Hampshire, as many as 40% had not decided as they virtually walked in to vote. Uh, And I spoke to one woman who said, I actually haven't yet decided if I'm going to even vote Republican or Democrat as she was walking into the booth. Um, So people were very much reading the material and making a lot of their decisions on actual policy and, and style of the candidates. That's insane. I wonder if people walk in and they just kind of see what name gets written down on their piece of paper as they're voting. It's it's crazy to me to think that you'd rock up undecided, especially in weather like that. And you know what I found out? Uh, oh, oh, wow. Is that the timer? Wow, wow, wow. <laughs> is that Donald Trump interrupting me? Um, I was just going to say there was 27... Shush, go away, Donald! Um, <laughs> I, um, I didn't know till on the day that there's 27 names on the Democratic ballot, there's 26 names on the Republican ballot, most of which you've never heard of. It only costs $1,000 to put your name on the presidential ballot. Yeah, it's quite quirky. There are a couple yeah. of guys who walked into the media room and introduced themselves as running for president, uh, and it wasn't Donald Trump or Ted Cruz. It was other completely random My people. My favourite was yeah. Vermin Supreme, who wears a gumboot on his head. <laughs> um, but anyway, so there you go. 1000 bucks to get in, about $200 million to win or lose. Oh, I uh, wonder how much Jim Gilmore spent on this campaign. <laughs> Indeed. Now, um, to the next next talking point. So on the Democratic side, Hillary got walloped by Bernie Sanders. Polls had said that she would, but it was uh, pretty tra- pretty unfortunate for her. 60% of the vote for Sanders and about 38% to Hillary Clinton. Now, the exit polls showed that the only demographic areas where Hillary Clinton managed to beat Bernie Sanders was people over 65 and people earning over $200,000. What do we think this means for Hillary Clinton going into the, the next round of primaries? I reckon she's the, the, this this kind of vow of silence she took yesterday, not appearing before the cameras and bunkering down at Clinton, the Clinton home, is all about figuring it out and trying to, you know, basically, if she if she bleeds staff now, that won't that'll backfire. Um, so she can't sack people necessarily. Although that has been a feature of the Clintons in there the past. There was talk she was going to reassess after the next two, but that's now been brought forward to now, isn't it? Oh, this is crisis. I mean, in, in, in a way, it's, it's you know, she's got a debate tonight, which will be interesting to see. I don't know when you're going to hear the podcast, but um, <laughs> so there's that. And, and, and even if she comes out of that, you know, relatively unscathed, you know, she's basically licking her wounds and figuring out, you know, Going forward, she's got Nevada and then South Carolina, getting that African-American vote, getting the union um, leaders down in Nevada to support her. Um, and then where to from here? Because Democrat people have been telling us it's going to go through till June. Mm. And if, you know, just like last time it comes down to superdelegates, those are the delegates that are mm. part of the party machine uh, and are not assigned via these caucuses and primaries. And last time she won the popular vote and... Barack Obama won the number of delegates um, from all the primaries and caucuses, and the theory was that you know everyone would back Hillary, and it didn't happen. People changed. So this time around, Hillary may be asking for those superdelegate. In fact, some people have already, um, you know, several hundred have already committed to her. But just like last time, it doesn't mean that they won't swap. James Clyburn, South Carolina. Sorry, um, 
um, who are these? Yeah, in some John, John, <laughs> John, John, John Lewis, one of the most famous, you know, marched with Martin Luther King, right? Mm. Initially back Hillary Clinton last time, now, uh, and then eventually swapped to Obama. People like that. We're looking to see those guys. Yeah, because as you're saying, those superdelegates, obviously people go to the primaries and caucuses and vote, um, but then these superdelegates wield more power when it comes to the actual convention. So essentially, despite the popular vote, they can help get someone else up. So Bernie could win all the popular vote and then the party could, you know... Doesn't matter. Well, there's only, the reality is he's, he's thumped Hillary Clinton so far and he's only got a few more delegates because that's just the way that you know, it's assigned. The, the question will be, in the end, uh, can he actually win the general election? Because, obviously, the, the Democrat Party machine will be looking at that at some point. If we get to June and he's still walloping her, that's one thing. But who's more electable? Um, and then we get down to the left-wing socialism, too radical for America sort of debate about Bernie. Wouldn't you, wouldn't you love the showman versus the socialist? Two <laughs> grumpy old men. With, 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 with a third grumpy old man, Mike Bloomberg, in between. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be great. Well, the, the thing about Bernie Sanders, though, is... You know, now things are predicted to get tougher for him going to states where, you know, he has the support of a lot of young people, a lot of old people, uh, but mainly white people when he's heading to states where there's a more diverse racial mix. Roscoe, what do you think? How do you think Bernie Sanders is going to fare going south? Well, it's an interesting thing. We were talking a little bit about his personality or the lack thereof when he started off in the presidential campaign, but it's almost turned around full circle now that his lack of personality is his personality. And talking to insiders from Capitol Hill, they're saying... He is popular with the youngsters, and the youngsters like him, so he's always going to have that momentum that comes along with that. Moving south, though, you look at a lot of the polling. We like to look at 538, which is a popular polling website, and they are predicting at this point that Bernie Sanders has a 7% chance of winning South Carolina. So it's pretty dire on that end of the spectrum for him, but it's to see whether that momentum carries on from New Hampshire. Interesting that you talk about his lack of personality. The thing that's interesting about him when he's uh, addressing a rally, for example, is the contrast. So he'll be giving a inevitably very long speech going on and on and on <laughs> in rather detailed prose about what he plans to do. And then uh, someone will call out from the crowd or something like that and you'll get this beaming mm. smile from him and it really sort of changes the tone. With Hillary Clinton, she is what she is. It's it's not staged or rehearsed so much, but it's very practised. She's exceptionally polished, obviously, uh, but it's all quite structured mm. and speech-making uh, professional. Oh, is that our next time? our next alarm already? I prefer Donald. the <laughs> Don. <laughs> Never thought I'd hear those words come out of my mouth. All right, next next topic. On the Republican side, Donald Trump ended up with about 35% of the vote, followed by John Kasich, Ohio governor, who'd put a lot of time in New Hampshire before the primary. 107 town halls. 180 stops. Poured coffee behind the counter as well. Yeah, which what a guy, had some right? charm. Mm. <laughs> so, and then after that, um, I don't even know what the final order was. It was sort of Bush, Rubio, Cruz. Oh no, Bush, Cruz, Rubio, Cruz, Cruz, Cruz Bush, Rubio. Ah! Rubio. The final, anyway, the final final order was Trump, yeah. Trump, Kasich, Cruz, Bush, Rubio. And there was such a small margin the top between five. those last three. And no. then the others. Then the others. And you've already seen Christie and Fiorina pull out. Um, Carson, I suspect, is only in there because he thinks he's going to get the evangelical vote in South Carolina, which is, I think, 60 or 70% of the Republican voters uh, evangelical, not unlike Iowa. Although it splits differently. It's not as hard, hard conservative evangelical as it was in Iowa. 
um, which is interesting. So Ben Carson and, of course, the aforementioned Jim Gilmore. Um, <laughs> Come on, Jim. Jim, uh, 12 who's... boats in Iowa, 100 in New Hampshire. It's only looking up for Jim. <laughs> what was it I heard? Some, was, did someone want to tell me what he was doing at his after party in New Hampshire? He had 10 guests at his Intimate. after party it's in New intimacy. Hampshire. Uh, you wouldn't know the turnout from Jim Gilmore's party. He spoke to the crowd and then turned around to the bar and had a plate of spaghetti. <laughs> well, this is a guy that's a former governor of a major state. Apparently there was so there was some commentary that there were so few people at Ben Carson's after party that the barman was knitting. <laughs> I have not independently confirmed that report. It's time to go. <laughs> so with all that in mind, um, what do we think? What do we think the state of? I mean, how? What does this do for Donald Trump? Uh, South Carolina. He, he, he's, he's, it's amazing. His, his campaign manager, Corey Lewandowski, is a New Hampshire born and bred guy, right? So he knew, um, he knew that state. He knew what to do. Uh, it'll be interesting to see. Um, there are reports that Trump has now ramped up massively his, uh, the employment of staffers. Um, and, I, and when I say massively, I mean like hundreds, like, um, um, and including buying, buying, well, you know, hiring people from other people's campaigns, like previous campaign, like people like off Santorum's campaign and off um, Huckabee's campaign, who's endorsed him, don't forget, and also um, off Carson's campaign. So he's getting serious. He's like he's actually putting a little bit more money in this time uh, than he spent so far. I mean, from what I'd heard, someone said that Trump was actually making money on the on the back of Only sales, Trump. on the back of his <laughs> merchandise sales, and that was kind of you know. Uh, defraying some of the cost and he's barely spent anything anyway because he's got so much free publicity from the, the national media but now Trump is yeah deeping, deeping in digging in deeper to, into his own wallet but I wonder if that actually shows a lot that he actually suddenly thinks maybe mm. I can actually win this let's throw some resources in here and just like everyone else is thinking the same thing at this point mm. um, it's, mm. it's like making it to the third episode of a TV series I think you know you get through <laughs> Iowa I was tough you get through New Hampshire and you're like oh Actually, I'm in now. I'm going to stick with it. And I think the candidates that are left, you know, Jeb Bush is reinvigorated. Rubio had a tough time in New Hampshire, but he came out firing yesterday. So the guys that are left, actually, you know, we're in with a shot. I, I had to hand it to Rubio, actually, after, you know, he did well in Iowa. He had that debate performance on the weekend that was shocking. He walked around New Hampshire looking very pale and mm. pretty soppy. Robotic-like? Uh, <laughs> he, was, he was followed around by a couple of guys in robot suits um, for a couple of days, which you know, added a bit of theatre. Uh, and then after the result came out, he actually came out and said, you know what, that was my fault. I was hopeless mm. in the debate. That won't happen again, which is... Not a bad way to approach it. Oh, he, he did a he did a forty five minute press conference on his airplane going from New Hampshire down to South Carolina yesterday, which I thought is is really interesting at this stage of the campaign. Given he was in trouble, he knew he had to do some media and kind of respond to it and kind of you know own it and move on. But to go for so long and mm. and, and he's about halfway through, his guys were saying, "Yeah, okay, last question, last question." He, and he just stood there, and he, and then eventually the question, uh, someone whispered in his ear that Christie was out. And he had, you know, he, that was his media moment. That, that was his news moment. In other words, these guys uh, were barely any of this was carried on the national uh, newses, but it was being recorded anyway. We had access to it, 
And he just took question after question after question about how badly he was doing and how would he respond. And, and he just came up with all these great colourful answers. You know, I, I used to be a you know, football player and you'd get hit and you'd knock down and you'd get back up. You know, when I was growing up and he That's did what his... what he says. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which um, are they ready from? Yeah, so this is the thing. You know, he's, he's... One criticism today, of course, was that after doing that, you know, 45 minutes of saying, I'm not going to do that again, you know, I'm not going to get stuck in that again... He gave the exact same speech when he went down to the crowd in, in South Carolina. <laughs> but it'll be the next debate. That'll be the testing point for him. Right. I mean, talking to media who are actually following Rubio around, one criticism from them is that he, he hasn't done much of that. He's barely talked to them. Uh, so, again, addressing it head on, obviously trying to turn something, and you know, we'll have to see what that results in. What about John Kasich? the Ohio governor, do we think that was a bit of an aberration that he won? Because I did I found it afterwards that his campaign manager, John Weaver, is the same guy who did McCain's campaign in 2000 and McCain stunned everyone by winning New Hampshire and then was completely gone by Super Tuesday. Watch South Carolina. It's got everyone, Democrat, Republican, say it's dirty. And one of the amazing quotes was, you know, Iowa nice, New Hampshire, like to have a chat in a diner in, and, and hear a good answer. In South Carolina, we want to see how people take a punch. Mm. Fun times. Who's going to South Carolina? <laughs> that would be me. Bring your boxing gloves. <laughs> wow. Um, all right. Well, is it, is it, is it timer? Timer? Are we nearly on time? Oh, look at that. We're, we're never on time. We're oh, past no. our time, of course. <laughs> Let's wrap. Oh, wow. There he is again. Wow, wow, wow. <laughs> Sorry, Don. All right. Let's wrap this up. So my, my two cents for the week. I found it fantastic going to about half a dozen candidates events. I thought it was great. Um, And you just get a real sense of the vibe and a real sense of the crowd and what they're all about. Um, But I think the branding is really interesting. I noticed that since uh, his Iowa victory slash concession speech, Bernie Sanders has taken to walking off the stage to David Bowie's Starman, which is, you know, it's it's a song about, yeah, and it's a song about you know, there's a spaceman in the sky that's um, afraid that he'll come down to Earth and blow everyone's minds with his ideas about liberating the youth. Pretty apt. And that's interesting because it comes up a month after Bernie Sanders revealed he wasn't much of a fan of David Bowie and can't name one of his songs. <laughs> um, but I think one of the campaign branding, not maybe failures, but maybe could prove to be a bit of a problem. I noticed when I was taking photos of Ted Cruz, he always stands behind this sign that says, trusted and the the TED at the end is in red and the first part's in blue so it looks like trust Ted and then it's got like courageous conservative written underneath when he stands in front of the first T it says rusted conservative <laughs> <laughs> so if he starts going on the nose a bit I think that might be a bit of uh, a bit of fodder for the snappers um Roscoe I'm in love with Bernie Sandwiches. Uh, I first saw this State of the Union where there was a meme of him pulling a sandwich out of his um, shirt. That was pretty funny. And after it was the MSNBC um, host said Bernie Sandwiches on Tuesday night, just search that on Twitter, do yourself a favour and have a little bit of chuckle. That's the meme of the week. Going a bit heavier now. Uh, look, wait for, wait for Hillary Clinton to mention again that she went undercover to uncover discrimination um, for African-Americans back in the day and look at, um, go look at Bernie Sanders' record of getting arrested uh, for um, his uh, protesting against the um, segregation of schools. There you go. Zoe? 
Uh, well, I'm going to move on to something completely different. Uh, having been important. having had two cancelled flights and a delayed flight in order to get to New Hampshire, <laughs> I ended up uh, just jumping on a flight to Boston, thinking, well, that, I'll get there somehow, uh, and landed and rented a car to drive. And, of course, it's America. I haven't been here long. It's the wrong side of the road. There's snow, etc. So I grabbed a, another passenger, a luckily very nice man called Mike, uh, who drove the car out of Boston for me so I didn't have to navigate. <laughs> Gate, thousand tollways, uh, and we had a lovely chat. And uh, when I got back, there was a book on my desk. Um, it happens that Mike is a publisher, so he sent me uh, the new book, Dog Whistles, Walkbacks, and Washington Handshakes, decoding the jargon and slang. Oh, nice. uh, so there you go. There's a bureau donation oh, uh, for the week, lovely. guys. And I did a lovely interview and uh, correspondence report with the author. Well, there we go. So it's perfect. Now, can can I move on to merch? There wasn't a lot of merch (laughs) in New Hampshire. Nothing like Iowa on the merch front. However, um, the merch goodie bag, I did bring um, both Michael Vincent and Roscoe Whalen back a gift. Yes. Um, There you go, uh, (laughs) Michael. (laughs) Specialist, <laughs> That's actually the cleaner version. I've seen, I've seen Bill Clinton. This is this is a magnet that says Bill Clinton for first gentleman. I, I have seen Bill Clinton for first dude, and um, <laughs> first boy. Monica Lewinsky's boyfriend for dot dot dot. Oh, okay. So we're we're bringing back things from various campaigns. Last week it was Donald Trump. This week it's the Clintons. Uh, and Roscoe, um, I couldn't find you any campaign merch, but I did bring you back a souvenir. Uh, the one thing that I really liked about New Hampshire uh, yes. was its its state slogan. Uh, mm. So Roscoe has a key ring. Could you put us in the picture about New Hampshire's state slogan? New Hampshire, live free or die. <laughs> so bigger options. <laughs> Take your guys. I got you some presents too, but I didn't actually pay for them. Uh, here's a Trump <laughs> badge for you. And um, we went to a CNN politics party and I swiped a beer, a beer holder for you, Roscoe. So I love uh, podcast Thursday because it's like Christmas every week when you guys <laughs> come so back. Nice. So keep this thing going. Indeed. All right. Well, I think that's that for the week. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Don't be shy. Let us know what you think. Um, Facebook, Twitter, we're all there. And, yeah, if you've got any feedback or any questions, anything you want us to talk about, why don't you let us know and we might have a chat about it next week. Thanks, everyone. Thank you. Catch up. Bye-bye.